my friend. It's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you uplifting grief support and hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 142, Emotional Intelligence. We just uploaded the February workshop in the True Hope Club. So much goodness going on right now. Anyway, the workshop was super fun to record and I had so much information. It was like, we I just dove super deep into some really important topics to create awareness. Awareness is huge. I think that's one of the things that draws you to this podcast is as you listen, you discover new thoughts, new ideas that then shift your thinking and your experience because of the awareness. And when, and, and awareness is just huge. It's just a huge, huge part of it. So today I want to share with you emotional intelligence, what that means, what it means to be intelligent around emotions. Most people, if you're like me, you grew up and you learned a lot at school. You learned math and spelling and reading and writing and science and social studies, all that, all that stuff. And maybe you, maybe Maybe your family went to church, and so you learned a lot of things about spiritual things. And maybe you did PE, or you were a member of a soccer team, or you were on a volleyball team, or some other physical activity where you learned physical intelligence. But we don't get training in emotions, we just don't get it. Like I, when I looked back over my life, you know, I was in my, I was in my fifties when I discovered that I could get involved in my emotions, that I could, I could learn to listen to my emotions, that I could pay attention to them. I could allow them. I could use them to change my experience. I could use them to help me understand my experience and how I might shift my experience to really getting and enjoying what I want, like really making a huge, huge difference in my life. So I want to give you a definition of emotional intelligence. Sometimes it's referred to as EQ. And I, it seems like there were a few years there. Maybe, maybe you remember that too, or maybe it's just awareness again, but it seems like there was uh, maybe about five years ago. I think I remember going to a couple workshops on emotional intelligence. And I, I remember it was just like that idea was just, commonly spoken of, or just kind of came up a lot, or it, um, I just saw it a lot in, in my environment, you know, when you get on social media or when you, when you see certain workshop topics that are going to be offered and so forth, it, what it's really a, it was really kind of a buzzword. I, I don't see it as much recently, but maybe it's just, for whatever reason, I'm not seeing it, but let me give you a definition. Okay. Emotional intelligence is the ability to perceive, use, 
understand, manage, and handle emotions. Wow, that's a mouthful. So I'm going to say it once again. Emotional intelligence is the ability to perceive, use, understand, manage, and handle emotions. It's so interesting. You know, I'm reminded of when my daughter was in school, when she was really young, when she was in, oh, let's see, uh, second grade, second grade, and they were doing a reading test. And what was really interesting is in the work that she was bringing home and, and the things that I was seeing in the classroom, it didn't feel like they were spending a lot of time talking about phonics. So some curriculums are heavily sway towards phonics and others heavily sway towards sight words. And as a homeschooling mom who taught my kids how to read, I, I have some, you know, thoughts on that, but at any rate, yeah, don't, don't try to figure out what my thoughts are on that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but it's probably different than what you think. (laughs) But at any rate, what was interesting, and this was before I started homeschooling. So this was the year that I actually took her out of school and, and started homeschooling. I guess it was the next year. So at any rate, they, they did a reading test. And what was really fascinating was that this, like I said, every indication was that they had really been heavily focused on sight words and there hadn't been a lot of focus on phonics. It wasn't like they were, she was bringing worksheets home that had phonetical things on it. (laughs) So, but in the testing, they identified her as not being strong in phonics, which I, like I said, found really fascinating because they hadn't really been focused on that. And so there was a group of kids that weren't really picking up the phonics in the in the way that they were presenting this curriculum. And so, like I said, I just thought it was so interesting that they tested on phonics, but that wasn't really what they'd been focusing on. So I feel like it's kind of the same way with emotions. It's something that we, we have to use every day. It's something that we experience every day. It's something that hugely impacts our life that we're kind of tested on every day. And yet we have, we've had no curriculum on it. We've had no training on it. We've had no understanding around it. And and gratefully, a few years ago, this awareness of emotional intelligence came up and there were books written about it. And there were um, classes. Like I said, I went to some classes. I read some books And that was really helpful. And since then, I have increased my understanding of this. But it's so important to recognize that your emotions are valid and hugely valuable. Your emotions are your roadmap to life. And when you learn to work with your emotions, it creates true freedom. True freedom. So I want to tell you about an experience I had a couple months ago. I'm going to be super vulnerable here, and I hope you'll you'll bear with me as I'm super vulnerable about this situation that I experienced a couple months ago. And also, I want to make it 
infinitely clear that I'm not throwing my husband under the bus at all. This was all about me. But I'm going to share an experience that I had a couple of months ago. As you know, I'm I'm originally from Florida. We have a ton of family down there. And we had gone to Florida to visit family. And we were, uh, my brother-in-law, my husband's brother and his wife, they had rented a condo on the beach. And we were going to go join them for some time at the beach as, as well as we spent some time with my daughter and so on. So anyway, we were down there for this trip in Florida and I felt super triggered by my husband and the way he was showing up and the way he was just, you know, the way he was there. And I was feeling neglected, undervalued, dismissed. And I will tell you, was my husband doing that? No, it was what was going on in my head. Now, I'm not talking about ignoring true emotional, physical abuse. Take care of that. Do what you need to do. But in this case, it was in my head. He was being him. He was showing up as he shows up. He's a wonderful, intelligent, and giving person. But because I had created a completely untrue story or narrative in my head that I believed was true, I had all these really hard feelings. And guess what? When I'm feeling triggered and resentful and unloving, he's responding to how I'm feeling, which perpetuates the yuckiness. So I I wanted and needed to break this pattern because I was spoiling my whole vacation. I was really, truly spoiling my whole vacation. So let's use this story to talk about emotional intelligence, which is, be, which is the ability to perceive, use, understand, manage, and handle emotions. I love this description. So I'm going to take it one word at at a time. So we're going to go through all of these words, perceive, use, understand, manage, and handle emotions. We're going to start with perceive, perceive emotions. First, after a couple days of feeling really off and awful, I remembered my tools. Sometimes, sometimes it takes me a minute. (laughs) We, this is not, you know, learning these things is not about being perfect. It's about having the tools available to use when we discover we have a need. And I discovered I had a need. So I identified my emotions. I perceived my emotions. Here's a reminder of some of the emotions I was feeling. Neglected, undervalued, dismissed. Here's what I've noticed. Most people lack vocabulary for emotions. I did for years, but as I learned to identify my emotions, it was a lot easier to then do something about them. So I, I would really invite you to download an emotion wheel or emotion list. You can find them online, download one, and, and really get, you know, look at those words. When you are feeling something, look at those words and see if you can identify more specifically instead of just sad, mad, you know, kind of the common happy 
the common emotions, but really dive deeper and look at the nuanced flavor of emotions. So that's the first first piece is perceiving emotions. And perceiving emotions requires a vocabulary for it. And super easy to do if you download a list off the internet and you start to use that, those emotions will become more familiar and and you'll it's it's not words that you don't know. It's just we don't commonly use them. In fact, I have an episode, a, a podcast episode about emotions and identifying emotions. And um, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Okay, I'll come back to that if I think about what the name of that is. Maybe I'll look up what the episode is and, and tell you at the end. Through the power of technology, I'm popping back in to say it's episode 57, Emotional Illiteracy. That was the name of the podcast I was trying to think of. So use emotions. That's our next step. Use emotions. How do you use emotions? So identifying my emotions gave me clarity. And I was able to use my emotions to help me get back on track. You can also use emotions to tell if you're on the right track or not. And in this case, my emotions helped me realize that I was not on the right track. Okay, three, understand. I perceived or noticed my emotions. That was the first step. Then I used my emotions to gain clarity. That was the second step. And then I started to understand my emotions. Where were they coming from? First, did I have unrealistic, unmet expectations? Notice how I said not only unmet expectations, but unrealistic unmet expectations. What were my thoughts? When I, what I discovered as I asked those questions and started answering those questions is I had jumped the shark, as they say. It's super easy to go from an unmet expectation and escalate it into something extreme, especially when you're already emotionally sensitive from loss and grief. So let me answer this question. Where were my emotions coming from? They were coming from the way that I was thinking. Did I have unrealistic, unmet expectations? We could just say unmet expectations. But as I examined my unmet expectations, I realized how unrealistic they were. And for me, I love a good vacation. I absolutely love a good vacation. I particularly love a beach vacation vacation. And I can tend to, in my mind, create this romantic idea of what my vacation is going to look like. And I can create a whole movie scene of what that is going to be. But guess what? I'm not in a movie. I I had totally, totally created all these unrealistic, unmet expectations And then what had I done then? What were my thoughts? I had created these crazy thoughts. Like I had gone from something as simple as, and and this isn't specific to my experience, but something as simple as he didn't take my hand when we were walking to the restaurant. 
and escalating it to, he doesn't care, he doesn't love me, maybe he doesn't want to be married. Do you see what I'm saying? Like That's what can happen so, so very easily. So I wanted to share this, what my experience was to give you ideas on, on how you might go in and look at a situation and examine it and go, okay, where are these emotions coming from? What are the unmet expectations? What were my thoughts? So now let's talk about manage and handle the emotions. So now that I had gone through this process of perceiving, using, understanding, then I had an opportunity I had an opportunity to manage and handle my emotions. It's a very different experience to manage and handle emotions if you don't first perceive, use that information, and understand that information, get to the bottom of it, as we like to say, before you manage and handle your emotions. If you just jump to, which we all do, we all jump to, I just need to get this under control. I just need to stop feeling so mad. I just need to stop feeling so anxious. I just need to, all, all of that thinking actually creates more of a discomfort. It creates more discomfort. So how? Did, what did I do? I then had to undo the thoughts that were underlying those emotions. I, I worked backwards and remember what I was thinking. Like I I had to really think about what I was thinking. How might that not be true? What else could be true? Then I could see where I had gone off the path and created so much pain for myself. As I unraveled the thought pattern that caused my heavy emotions, I was able to create new thoughts. I was able to choose into new thoughts that created new feelings, that then created new behaviors, which was awesome. (laughs) Can, Can I just say it was just awesome. And I think like, I think about situations like this and I, and I wonder, you know, what, what would happen if I didn't understand these tools, if I didn't use the tools I had, even though I understood it, you know, maybe 48, 72 hours later than I would have liked to have. Totally okay. Totally okay. It's, it's the, it's a process. We are human beings experiencing our being through emotion. So emotional intelligence, just as a refresher, is the ability to perceive, use, understand, manage, and handle emotions this is a skill. It's a skill that you can learn that will bless your life immensely. Now, I recognize that in grief, it can be extremely challenging to process, to manage and handle your emotions because there's so much, like there's so many emotions. But as I mentioned in the secondary pain episode, it's so easy to create additional pain for yourself when you're grieving. So it it's so, so useful to start to identify the emotions that you're feeling. And one of the things that will help you 
is to not try to look at not look, try to look at your whole history. Sometimes when we come to our emotions and we have a lot and they're and they're they're heavy and they're hard and we don't even really want to feel them much less think about them or talk about them or identify them. It's it's super useful to just take a situation. So, for example, in this situation, I chose a specific scenario. And I would suggest, I used a very generalized, I, I told the story in a very generalized situation to protect the innocent. <laughs> but I would suggest being very specific. So let's say that last night at last night at dinner you were eating dinner with a family member and there was an argument and you felt triggered and you like you could feel it escalating really quickly that is a specific situation that you can identify and look at and i promise that you that as you look at specific situations it's going it's it's like a domino. It's like you're hitting the first domino of a whole trail of emotions or situations that are behind that and in front of that. So really identify one scenario. Look at yesterday. What was one situation where things didn't go well? How can you go through this process of perceiving what were you feeling in that moment? Really, I I, I highly recommend going and looking at a list of emotions so you can be very specific about the emotion and just pick one, just pick one. What was the primary emotion that you were feeling? What was the primary emotion? And then use that emotion to to start the process of gaining clarity. Gain some clarity and then gain some understanding by asking yourself, what, what was I thinking? What were my unmet met, um, expectations? Where did this come from? So as you go through that process, then doing that background work of really identifying the emotion gaining clarity, asking some questions, then you're ready to manage and handle through the process of asking, how might that not be true? What else could be true? What was I thinking and what could I think differently that would help me to move past this heavy emotion? Be gentle with yourself in this process this again is not about being perfect. It's about just checking in and seeing where we can make small adjustments to change our experience, to let go of some of the secondary pain that we may be creating by jumping the shark like I did. I hope this was so, so helpful to you. And I hope that you'll really Think about this, these scenarios and how, how you can use your emotions to create a roadmap to more peace and to feeling better.
That's what we do in the True Hope Club. Because grief is hard. It's heavy, sad, lonely, confusing, and exhausting. I've been there and I'm here for you. And I invite you to check out the True Hope Club at buildalifeafterloss.com slash join. It's a beautiful place of support for right where you're at. It's a place where you can go in and ask questions about this particular podcast. You can go in and say, you mentioned this, but this is my scenario. How would I look at this differently? It's a place to help you to build your understanding and strength and help you with your grief and with your desires to feel better again. I invite you to check it out. Go to buildalifeafterloss.com slash join. The link is also in the show notes. If you love the podcast, which I know you do, you're going to love the True Hope Club. Have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.